Hello and welcome to Fantasy Talk Show, a place where heroes come to tell their stories. This episode kicks off part one of three of our Fenrain Adventurers series with Roberto Canejo III, a Canara, or rabbit folk, from the land of Fenrain. We talk about his younger years living on the plains, the undead plight that is currently sweeping across the land, and what his goals are for the future. So without further ado, Roberto. Roberto, welcome to Fantasy Talk Show. Hey, thanks for having me. Could you start by telling me a little bit about, you know, just who you are, a little bit about yourself, where you come from, the world that you come from? Uh, yeah, my name is Roberto Canejo III. I'm a Canara. I come from uh, the Great Plains up north. What is a Canara? Oh, a Canara? We would be uh, a rabbit folk, bunny folk. So uh, if you can imagine, we're like uh, you human folk, right? Same, similar height, long ears, big teeth hop around and you know we live up in the north in our you know large colonies and uh it's not unheard of for us to travel you know and uh yeah that's what we do you know we make music we have fun we you know we we do all sorts of things so you said that sometimes you guys like to travel is that where you fall under yeah i travel a lot Uh, i've traveled since i was a, a little uh a little bunny tell me a little bit about young bunny roberto uh, well, to explain to young bunny Roberto, I want to let you know that I live in a world called Fenrain. And within this Fenrain, I, I, we have a problem. You see, we have a problem with death. Uh, they keep coming back. Oh, so the problem is more with undeath than actual death itself. That, that This is true. This is true. Uh, now, so with that in mind, we have many people coming back and, uh, the problem is they're looking for life and they like to steal it so they can feel again. So what you need to know about young Roberto is uh, when I was young, our colony collapsed because of an outbreak. So my life, my early life was spent mostly traveling from here to there. So this this is a problem that is more than pervasive to the northern plains. It sounds like it's a, a whole world issue. Uh, yes, it's very widespread, very widespread. Uh, you see, the dead don't always like to stay dead. They don't want to flow down the rivers and go to the great beyond. Some people have connections, you know, why they want to stay where they are. I don't know. So, you know, some people have a lust for power. Some people have, you know, some people have good intentions. Like my aunt uh, Rita, she wanted to stay and uh, help teach us how to make stew. It was as simple as that. She had this best stew but she never wanted to leave. So you had some experience with your Aunt Rita as an undead? How did that pan out? Oh, well, see, when I was young, I was being taught the ways of the conductor. As a conductor, our job is to shepherd the the souls down the rivers. So to give them, you know, let them go to the final resting place. The way that they want to go. The way they want to go. We try to encourage it. Because it seems like when they come back, they want to take more than they want to give. They want to take life so that they can feel. I think Aunt Rita really liked her carrot stew the most. So I think that's why she wanted to stay. So we went and uh, we ushered her down the river. We sang her some songs, soothed her, and uh, finally she, she went. It was amazing. I'm assuming not everybody goes so easily. Well, she was one that didn't go so easily because she kept coming around. But yeah, that's true. A lot of them, uh, they don't want to stay down there. 
And when you go to the other place, it's, it's a spooky place. It's magnificent. Don't get me wrong. The rivers are beautiful. Sometimes the scenery is beautiful. There's a calm, but there's also a cold. So you've been to the other place. Yes. Yeah. As a, as a conductor, we're taught from a young age the songs of the rivers, how to calm the rivers, how to soothe some souls, and how to uh, help them. And it's best done from the inside? Is it best done from the inside? If it can be done on the outside, we would prefer it. But sometimes you have to go to the beyond to help them out, to let them know that, you know, they're not alone, that we have family on the, in the beyond that they're going to. Okay, well, that's quite beautiful. So you said that at an early age uh, is kind of when everything started going sideways, let's say, uh, and you started doing a lot more traveling. Uh, yes, I mean, tell me about it. Was there a place that stuck out, a place you didn't want to leave? Or the older you got, the more you really loved the life of travel. How were your parents? How did they feel about it? Well, I lost my mom at a young age. And uh, I was raised by my pa for a while. And then, then, then just by brothers, you know, going from this town to this town. I spent most of my life on the back of a cart with my lute, learning what tunes I could, learn about the land as best I could. You know... As far as places to go, oh, Thin Rain, oh, there's so many great places from the mountains where where the Druar are, uh, where, you know, uh, the Great Plains are wonderful. You can see for miles and miles, and uh, you see the great folk up there with their long necks and their slow ways, you know, they're nice folk. Or you go up to, you know, the woods where you got these huge, massive trees, you know, and the Anza are there cutting them down. They're interesting folk. Those Anza are, the, are more like uh, cat folk. They're, they're interesting. I spent a little bit of time on a barge uh, with some sea kith. It, that's where I met, well, it was after that, when I met one of my best friends, Dakoa. Dakoa, he's, he's, a, he's a great sea kith. Sea kith are like, to use a derogatory term, I would say they're like the fish folk. But yeah, the sea kith, you know, they got these big barges. They float around. It's real beautiful out there. Oh, man. There's so many great places in Fenrain. So you said Tako is one of your best friends? Oh, yeah. Do you uh, you guys meet up often or do you guys travel together? Or oh, how... yeah. We've been traveling together for quite a while now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's uh, he's, you know, he's he's the best. I tell you, I've never had someone who would... Uh, Watch my back as good as this guy does. Oh, that's nice. Oh, he's a wonderful guy. Uh, uh, the way you say watch your back makes me think that maybe uh, y'all are prone to some shenanigans. Would that be an, uh, an appropriate guess here? Oh, shenanigans? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we like the shenanigans. You know, that's part of the, the traveling lifestyle is you go from tavern to tavern, bar to bar, town to town. You meet interesting folk. And sometimes you get into interesting situations where you're just like, I did not expect this. And uh, you got to just roll with the tide. Sometimes interesting situations require more interesting exit strategies. Yes, we've we've been known to uh, have a few interesting exits. All right. If you don't mind going back a little bit, it sounds like you've been traveling for a long time. And it sounds like you are open to and maybe even prone to adventure. And you'd already alluded to the uh, kind of the, the fall of your clan. Would you say that's the event that puts you really on uh, the adventurer's path? What really set you on that path? Oh, yeah. Well, you see, when my colony collapsed, it 
you know, spread our family out far and wide. If you don't mind going into it a little bit, and feel free to not, what caused the collapse of the colony? You know, that's a that's a big rumor. Remember, I was real young, and so uh, at the collapse, we were all dispersed. And rumor has it that a necromancer came in and did some stuff. You know, bad things happened, and that's the problem with these uh, necromancers and this death coming back is once it starts. It's hard to stop. So you say once it starts, it's hard to stop, but it's not impossible to stop. Is there anybody doing anything to really... I mean, like you said, it's pervasive. It's worldwide. Your clan collapsed. I'm sure there are other clans with similar stories. Is there a group or a council or somebody trying to deal with these necromancers? Uh, Yeah. Well, you know, you have um, one of my favorite people that I've met are called saints. They're kind of like me... They work more individually to oust these guys back to the rivers and send them on their way. The problem is they sometimes they gain fame and, you know, just like any rock stars, you go from tavern to tavern, you start getting notoriety that you could do these things and everybody wants you. So uh, sometimes things go to their heads. Fame changes people. Fame changes people. Now, there is a group uh, and, you, you know, we've all seen them. You've probably seen them. Uh, that's called uh, the Fellowship of the Seven Rivers. You ever heard of them? Uh, no, I'm not familiar oh. with this group. Yeah, so folk from all over Fenrain come together, and uh, they you, you'll notice them by their white cloaks and their tall towers. Uh, here, I, I got a, one of their symbols here. It's a, it's a, if if you look, it's a three tiered tower, and it's got like a light on the top of the tower that radiates, you know, in seven points. Oh, it looks almost like a lighthouse. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it does. Um, and some people say that they're the, really the light and the darkness. Now, they're quite the folk. You know, they uh, I try to stay clear of them, but they're nice folk. They go town to town, setting up their lights. They're supposed to help keep out the dead. So all of this sounds uh, helpful, right? It sounds like they're they're helping out with a problem, but it also sounds like a little bit of a Band-Aid or it's a little bit of uh, treating a, a symptom without really going to the root of what's wrong with this. Do you know of anybody who's currently on the path of trying to really uproot the undead problem that your world seems to be facing? Or is it something that maybe is inherent and going to need to be dealt with just through eternity? Uh, currently, I think, you know, we're just going to have to do what we can do. You know, they, we have uh, up in Greenfield, they got like a ghost hunter school. But, you know, you, you go from town to town, you see all the different ways that people deal with their communities and how they deal with the dead. Now, the Fellowship, they like to set up their towers and their lamps. They really put it out there. You know, they got all of Gilder really pushed to uh, set up these towers and lights. And you think this is all for the greater good? I think a lot gets done for the greater good. I don't know if it's the right thing, but I think their intentions are, I think they're good. I don't get that feeling from all of them. I still have questions. Like, why do, you know... <laughs> You know, some, all right, so I do a little bit of alchemy and a little bit of healing on the side. You know, it's one of the better things, reasons why I think Tokoa keeps me around so I can keep them patched up. So when you're treating something, you don't always have to just like burn the person out. And sometimes I, I get it. You have a horde of death coming at you. You burn the field. But I don't know if that's always the wisest way. I don't know if they're what's coming in the in our world. But it seems like the more light we put out there the more darkness there is. I don't know if there's a balance, but 
So long as I'm around, I'm going to do my best to make sure that I cast as many of those guys back to the river. There's necromancers out there that are uh, taking advantage of colonies and uh, communities. Uh, I'm going to do my best to uh, put an end to it. Yeah, yeah, I think, as you said before, your role as conductor, it's you being true to that role. Well, you know, I've been trying. I've been trying. You know, and it's a, it's, it's a lifelong journey to try to figure out how exactly to be a conductor. You know, this all has been passed down from generation to generation, from well, rabbit to bunny, canara to canara. You had previously mentioned that you have a loot that you travel with. I do. Is this something that you picked up on your journeys? Is this something that was passed down to you? I want you to elaborate on that a little bit, if you don't mind. My loot has been one of my lifelong companions. I remember as a kid, I, I traveling, I wanted to be a great swordsman. I thought, what better thing could there be than to be a, a swordsman, going from town to town, being the best, the greatest fighter in all the all of Fenrain, all the world. And then I found Ray. Ray was an amazing sword fighter and player of music. He was the one who gave me my first loot. Uh, he was masterful at both. He would woo women and lure men in with the sword and with the, the loot. Most of the time at the same time, because you're playing your loot and uh, the bunnies start hopping towards you and the hares start not, you know, liking that so much. And so they got to kind of hop you out of there. And so he had to defend himself quite often. But I kind of wanted to emulate that. It was really cool at the time. He said to me, Rab, you have a way about you. I think it would be best for you to learn to play the lute. Maybe he didn't think I had such a great sword hand. I carry a little sword with me. It's a Kanara thing. But uh, maybe he didn't think I had it in to, to be a slayer. Or maybe he knew that I was a conductor and that I needed to learn how to play the, the lute so that maybe one day I could help him, help him out on the river and see him to our ancestors. He, uh, he said, Rab, I don't need you growing up and dueling me in the streets. I need you dueling me at the river crossing. Meaning uh, conducting him into the afterlife. Yeah. Wow. That's poetic. You're right. He's a master of art. He was amazing. He, Ray was amazing. I hope I never have to meet him on the river. I hope he goes peacefully. Yeah. But if I do meet him at the river, I will play so hard and so fast. I'll burn my strings. And he will happily go. Wow, that's beautiful. In my experience, every object, be it an instrument or a weapon, that has that level of uh, emotion attached to it, it has a name. Does the lute have a name? Yes, my lute has a name. Its name is Shredder. How did it come by such a name? I wished I had a great story. I will tell you one, though. My Shredder... Ah... Uh... Well, all right. It's kind of embarrassing. It's such an old loot that it uh, that it's wearing in the back, and it would start shredding my clothes. <laughs> and so <laughs> I had to <laughs> so I I had to put a piece of leather on the backside of it so it wouldn't just tear up my clothes. Okay, but one day I will remake Shredder and I will add gems and jewels to it when it will resonate. I will imbue it with magics, and oh, it'll shred not just me, but anything that gets in the way. You know, you say that that's a silly story, and maybe it is, but what that story has is a lot of character. And, you know, I think, I think that we often get too wrapped up in the, the majesty and the over-exaggeration over of the opulence of an object. And 
uh, I think that there's something relatable and and charming about the story of Shredder. I like that a lot. I think the audience is going to really appreciate that too. Thank you, Roberto, for for sharing that story with me. It is our pleasure. If we could talk a little bit uh, now about where you're going, whether whether we talk about the future or the distant or not so distant future, you you've lived a very interesting life, and it sounds like you've lived through a lot of adventure. Do you foresee more adventure going forward? I, growing up in adventure, I see no other alternative but to keep adventuring. You see, my best friend, Tokoa, I don't know if I should tell everybody, but if you can keep a secret between you and I, my friend's cursed. You see, necromancers, the bane of our existence, they cursed him and it cursed his family. It's, oh, it's so sad. See, he's got death inside of him. And sometimes it just wants to get out. See, when when they don't have a, a body of their own anymore, they want to inhabit others and feast off them and have them, you know, bend to their will. The nutrient that they're missing is life and they'll get it any way they can. Well said. And so he's got a parasite on him and sometimes it comes out. That's a bummer. So currently my adventure, if we can call it that, my our quest for vengeance is to kill the necromancer that cursed his family and to get rid of this curse that's in him. Hmm. That's noble. Is it just you and him going on this adventure? Uh, for a while, it was uh, just us through the rains and the sunshine. But uh, recently, uh, through uh, another one of our best friends, uh, we uh, picked up a Vodra. Uh, Vodras are, uh, they're, um, how would you say, they're, they're like, they're otter folk. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we picked up, oh, she's just a joy, Tulana. She might be little, but she carries a really big battle axe. So be Ooh. be careful. Watch your ankles. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she carries a, she even carries a, a, a harmonica. Oh, neat. Does yeah. she play well? Uh, no, she does not at all. But <laughs> we're learning. I'm teaching her. Okay. I'm teaching her. Hey, uh, it's always good to have ambitions and goals. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. You know, it's nothing better than to teach someone else music. So... I'm teaching her how to play the harmonica. Maybe we'll get into uh, some more songs later with her. Yeah, right on. But yeah, so our adventure consists of getting rid of necromancers. That's really what it is. See, I need to know why they are doing what they're doing, what their location is, and uh, what magics are they learning. Conductors, saints, and necromancers have some things in common. A little bit of a Venn diagram overlap. Yeah. We all play music. So when the Fellowship of the Seven Rivers hears one of us play music, or even a lot of our citizens and communities, and then they see magic happen, they think we're all necromancers, you know. Ah, put under the same umbrella. Absolutely. So I had one, you know, a friend of mine, I was playing music for him, and some, you know, death came over, and they came up and out, and it was it was a horrible experience, and he thought I was a necromancer. I had to reassure him, and it Explain to him that I was a conductor, not a necromancer, and what the difference mm. is. And most people don't even know what the difference is. It's like I had to tell you what the difference is between a saint, necromancer, and a, and a conductor. Sure. And so now that we have that all worked out, I can converse with you easily. Yeah, yeah. Most people, they hear music and magic, they say necromancers, which is fair. I, I can see why. Fear, you know, fear. I'm, I'm sure your understanding goes a long ways in uh, reassuring people as you explain it to them as well. Uh, yeah, it's a safety. It's also a safety issue. That's one of the great things why I like having uh, 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 Takoa 
with me is because, uh, well, he's big and he carries a big trident and he's armored. And so people are less likely to uh, turn you into rabbit stew than they, you know, when they have a, <laughs> a big old sea hanging out with you. So, yeah, yeah, I bet. And they don't even know about the, the death that's residing in the curse that's in him. That, that would, had the curse come out, that he would turn into this big ravenous monster probably and just rip them all apart. And then, oh, I should, probably shouldn't have said that, but. Don't worry, your, your secret is safe with me and my audience. Thank you. I trust you completely. That's quite the quest you guys are going on. Do you have any leads? Do you have any idea where you're going next? Uh, we're heading up to a town. Rumor has it that it's under siege by a necromancer. Oh, so you, you win either way. Either you help stop the curse or you help stop the necromancer, and either way you're doing good. Yeah, absolutely. Our goal is get rid of the necromancer, save the town. Oh, that's a noble goal. Thinking about the far future, right? Mm -hmm. Let's let's assume uh, you are able to eliminate this curse within Tokoa, get the uh, the vengeance that you want from the necromancer, or reach some form of uh, forgiveness or acceptance. What does settling down look like? Is there a goal that you really want to see through to fruition? Oh, what does it look like to settle down? Oh. High in the sky? I think if I was to say anything, I would say I think it would be to rebuild the colony, reestablish our name and our lands, gather the family back together, and sing our family song. Oh, maybe our ancestors would uh, smile on us uh, if we got reunited again. I don't even know where my brothers are. Where could any of them be? Except on the road somewhere. I think that would be, that would be great is to have our summer solstice together where we would be closest to our family, where we would sing our family song. I think that would be great. Yeah, that does sound great. I hope that uh, you make it there. Me too. But first, we must kill some necromancers. Yep, yep. well, there's got to be the violence before the peace sometimes. They are intertwined. Before we wrap up here, I've, I've got a question from a viewer. Mark from Discord asks, what's the thing you miss most about home? Hello, Mark from Discord. Thank you for your question. What do I miss most from home? Uh, Dustin, this is a hard question. You see, I haven't been home since I was a bunny. We don't go back. It's hard to go back. You can't, you know, there's so much death and sorrow there. But I tell you, like I, I like I said before, one of the greatest things for all of us was our, we would call them the jamborees. On the giant plains, we have these jamborees. And uh, each colony of Kanara have, they have their own chorus. The Hoptalas have their chorus. The Bitterroots, they have their chorus. We have our chorus. And, oh, I can't even, I can't even sing the chorus anymore, Dustin. It, it, it breaks my heart. Because I have no other family members to sing it with. I think that's what I miss the most. I miss summer solstice, our, our giant jamboree, where as the long sun is setting, we would get together and after eating lots of sweets, we would get together and just sing our, our colony chorus. Oh, oh, to sing it with family. On the solstice, it's the longest day. And on the longest day, we remember the light of the people and the light of the souls. And on the solstice, it also prepares our hearts for when the darkness comes. Because remember, at the solstice, it only gets darker. And 
it gives us strength. And during the dark times, thinking about the son and the family, I think that's what I miss the most, Dustin. I think it's being with my family. Well, I hope you uh, can achieve your dream and relive your solstice dreams again. Oh yeah, me too. I, I I have high hopes that one day we will we will we will hop back to it, and we will you know be hopping uh, hopping around the uh, the campfires and and the braziers and the hops and the sweets and uh, all the you know all the bitter beers and it will be wonderful. Right on. Uh, thank you so much, Roberto, for your time. Before we go, if you wouldn't mind uh, me making one final request. I've heard rumor of this song called Sun Bonnet that apparently is just a real jam. If you wouldn't mind playing us out on that, it would be doing me a great honor. Dustin, it would give me no better pleasure than to play Sun Bonnet for you. Uh, I just, just a fair warning, Dustin. It, a little history about Sun Bonnet. Sun Bonnet varies from tavern to tavern, place to place. Of course. Never is it sung twice the same way. Unless you're in the same place, in the same company, which very rarely ever happens. Oh, of course. Sunbonnet, sunbonnet, we're on the fantasy talk show today. Sunbonnet, sunbonnet, we're singing the night away. Or we asked the questions and we played some music and we asked a little stew. We played some music and asked some questions and we hopefully didn't wake up Curly Sue. Sunbonnet, sunbonnet, we're... Playing the night away, sunbonnet, sunbonnet, just ask the night away. We want to thank Mr. Dustin for having us on today. We want to thank Mr. Dustin for having us on today. We talked about the other place and going to the other side. We talked about the other place and hope we don't end up dying. Oh, sunbonnet, sunbonnet, we hope you don't wake up dead. Well, thank you, Roberto. Uh, I'll, I will cherish that one forever. I will, too. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having me and Shredder on. It is our pleasure. And uh, if you need help to the other side, don't forget to uh, send a jingle and I'll help you out. Thank you for listening to my interview with Roberto Canejo III. He's a character from the mind of AJ Kimball using the Genesis system by Fantasy Flight Games. If you enjoyed listening to AJ and want to see some of his art or musings, check out his Instagram or Twitter. Links in the description. If you enjoyed the character of Roberto and want to hear more from him, good news! He's one of the characters in Season 2 of the podcast, The Other Place. I've been really enjoying it, and I highly recommend checking it out for yourself. Thank you to Josiah Piles for the cover art and to Kylan Small for the intro and outro music of the podcast. Please check out the links in the podcast description for more of their content. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you'd like to connect with me or other like-minded adventurers, join the Fantasy Talk Show Discord, where I run a monthly game that I'd love to see you at. You can join by clicking the link in the description. Also, check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash fantasytalkshow or my Twitter page at twitter.com slash fantasypodshow. Talk to you soon. Hello, and welcome to The Other Place. The land of Fenrain has been on the brink of doom for years. Necromancers and the dead are rising on the edges of society, threatening life and peace across the land. Deep in the shadows, others try to unearth secret knowledge and unspeakable power. In Season 2, we follow Roberto, Talana, and Teco as they journey from Gilder, fighting the dead on a mission to stop a powerful evil. So he's just lunging at the first one there. He pulls out the weapon, gets it in both hands, rushes at the first thing, and then kind of leap, jump, stabs it. That way it can't get a chance to dodge out of the way. And he goes, freeze frame! And...
like ice crystals just form over the undead creature and Takoa like twist his trident in it and it just shatters. So I come charging in. I have this great axe. So I use both my hands and I take it over my head and I chop it down screaming, die thing. Technically it's already undead. <laughs> and as it smashes into his uh, blade, it's going to bounce off and make sparks on the ground. Whoa. He puffs up his big rabbit cheeks and blows through his teeth and he gets his loot and brings it down to the, the chair right up to it and he starts playing and he starts going back into his mind. He wants to go into the other side. Wants to go where his ancestors are. The notes from the loot echo back and Tekoa hears them taking on a different sort of resonance. Little crystals of ice and frost begin to form around Roberto's feet. When Roberto opens his eyes, the river stretches out on all sides. Wow, it never seems to not amaze me every time I come here. Join us for the newest season of The Other Place, wherever you get your podcasts.